to the second installment of the jump around for the day. A little daily double action out here in Las Vegas. Talked to Kayla McBride of the Aces earlier, and now we're going to talk to a member of their opponent tomorrow, the LA Sparks. We're going to talk to Sydney Weiss, um, Sid, and I couldn't get our times matched up perfectly, so um, having to do this actually in a in a gym over the phone with her. So um, if you hear any ambient noise, uh, that's all that is, and certainly uh, just don't mind that. But excited to talk to Sid, uh, a great player at Oregon State, took her team to a Final Four, and now trying to navigate the, the world as a, a young WNBA player. So looking forward to talking to her. So we'll get right to it, take a five-second break, and then we'll talk to Sid. This is the Jump Room. And we're back on the jump around, and joining me, as promised, it is Los Angeles Sparks guard Sydney Weiss. And Sid, thanks first off for joining us on here today. Um, I wanted to start. You have such a stellar career at Oregon State, um, Pac-12's all-time leading three-point shooter. You, you take your team to places that's never gone in the tournament, uh, and then you get into the league. And as a young player normally does. You know, finding some struggles getting on the court. Has that been a difficult transition going from, hey, you're number one to now you're, you know, number 10, number 11? Yeah, I think, um, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm excited to, um, to be with you today, talk basketball, talk life, banter, as you say. <laughs> uh, but in regards to the transition, I think, you know, there's levels to it. And so it was the same going from, middle school ball to high school, high school to college, and you know, college to the, to the pros, and I'm fortunate enough to continue to pursue basketball and um, to see uh, what I can do with it personally, but I think the, the main thing is what's been cool throughout all the different transitions is um, you're part of a team, and so as I'm learning, as I'm growing personally, I still get, I get to be a part of a really cool organization. Um, around legends every day, learning from them, asking them questions, getting to know them as people, which has been so much fun. And so um, even though I've been trying to find myself um, as a professional, I've been enjoying the challenge and trying to embrace it, ask as many questions as I can, and really learn from all of these people who are great professionals, not only on the court as basketball players, but off the court, um, their lifestyle, how they they handle themselves, how they balance everything. And so, um, you know, it's only my second year. I feel like a newborn child. <laughs> the training wheels are back on for sure. Uh, but I still love it. And so I'm grateful for any opportunity to learn, uh, to grow, and to be challenged. Yeah, sure. Well, to go back to your time at Oregon State, uh, I don't know how you felt coming in, but you get there and you make all-conference every single year. Is that... I know every great player has a level of self-belief because you have to to be successful, but was even knowing that, was that a surprise to you that from the start you were amongst the best in the conference? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I think my whole mindset going into college, um, what I was so excited about was to be around an incredible team and coaching staff. Uh, I, I never really had goals per se in regards to those personal accolades or um, even being considered in in the top 
of the conference. And so um, I think I was more so excited about, like, we won the conference three out of my four years. Um, we went to the Final Four. We did all these things as a, as a team. And so if you don't have success and actually win games as a team, you don't get recognized individually. And so there's there's a lot of good players um, throughout all of my years in college that were part of the, the conference. And so uh, I'm very fortunate to have been recognized, but I don't think it would have been possible without the team that I was with and other individuals on the team and how everyone embraced their roles. And the role that I was, the role I was in was to score the basket and to, to score, to, to distribute. The ball was in my hands a lot of the time. And so I happened to be seen um, in different in a different light than some of the my other teammates who did a lot of the the little things the dirty work um, and so um, we fit together so perfectly and you could see it in, in the records that we had the success we were able to have as a, as a team and so um, I think that's more meaningful to me is when I look back at, at my career I think of all the amazing people I was with and what we were able to do as a group. Yeah, how sick was the Final Four run? Oh man, something I'll always remember. Um, I mean, once again, as an athlete, your your goal is to win championships, to, to even have an opportunity to compete for the national championship. Um, and so, when we made it to the final four, when that when that buzzer sounded uh, against Baylor, and we we did it, it was like, oh my, like speechless. It's, it's those moments that you really can't put into words. Uh, you did it with your best friends, um, how hard we worked, the journey to get there, the letdowns along the way, I mean, it was, it was magical, and so, and then even though, I mean, we got blown out by UConn, um, I mean, they are who they are, it was an amazing team, but to, to have the chance to go against them, the best of the best, um, you take those lessons with you for the rest of your life, and so, it was so much fun to share it with family, friends. Uh, the team, the coaches, it was, I mean, unforgettable for sure. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Uh, not to, I'm not trying to intentionally go sad, but I, I do think this is a valuable thing to say. Something that jumped out to me was uh, fellow Pack 12 member Emily Potter, who we had on um, before at Utah, came out last year and, and kind of talked through her battle with mental health issues, and then your, one of your former teammates, Ruth Hamlin, hopped on and, and chimed in and, and shared some of her stuff as well. What, for you, who's very, you're very energetic, you're, you're goofy, you're, you're so positive, what was there, not, I'm not asking about that specifically, I just, I think there's always things that people don't realize are going on, so I wonder for you, was there ever a tough, like, what was your toughest the thing that you went through or what, what was your toughest period as a player? Um, Cause again, I just feel like people don't really realize that hey, like, Hey, we have doubts. We've got, we got stuff going on in our life too. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think as a person or a player, uh, when you're going through life and different stages of growth, um, there's definitely moments that we all experience. Of you think that you're inadequate, you're not good enough. You're, you start comparing your journey to others and you get overwhelmed because you just think that everyone is so far ahead of you. So different, of course, I, and I go through the, still I go through that, of course, at, at this, this level where I'm, I'm surrounded by uh, incredible players and people, 
um, it's it's easy to feel inadequate in a lot of ways. And so, um, you know, right now going through that the growth of finding myself, uh, finding my footing as a professional, it, this is, this has to be up there and um, the most difficult part of my journey as an athlete. Uh, but I, I, I automatically thought back to um, in college, my, my sophomore year, uh, in the middle of our season, it was in January, uh, my grandfather passed away. And it was right in the middle of everything. So it's not like, yeah. so you get hit with this news and you just have to keep living and, and sticking to the grind and there's no stopping. Life just keeps going on. And uh, that was the first person in my life uh, that was really close to me that had passed and so um, I didn't really I don't I didn't know how to grieve and I didn't mm. know that there was a grieving process and so I was it was a blessing because um, I found out the news and we were actually heading to Arizona that weekend to play and that's where my family is and so I was able to be with my family that weekend and uh, shed some tears and and have have some good talks love, prayer, uh, just being with each other was really good. But after, we, we had played on, on Sunday against ASU, and uh, we were heading back to Oregon, and my family was going to Minnesota for the funeral, and I never had the chance to, to really go and to grieve properly. And so the next couple weeks following that, I would have good days, I'd have bad days, I would have random, random times where I just felt pretty depressed and I didn't know if it was because, and then it affected my performance on the court because, you know, we would have film sessions and I just felt like I was doing so bad and everything was affecting me so deeply and I didn't understand why. Um, and so it made me feel really bad about myself and my performance and I felt very lackadaisical and then, you know, one day I talked to my mom about it we both broke down crying and that's when I realized, like, oh my gosh, like, hey, I'm struggling with something that's a lot deeper than just basketball yeah. and so that sort of helped me take a step back and um get and get a lot more in touch with um the emotional side the emotional reality of of going through tough things in life whether it's the death of a loved one or different struggles we might face um but being able to be in tune with that is so important and i think um you know mental health is it has to be one of the most important things in our life to monitor and to make sure that we take care of personally and we look out for in our friends, family, and loved ones. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, something you've talked about kind of on the same note, um, you've talked about pretty openly is, is your faith. And I think everyone has a, you know, uh, some semblance of faith in something, but you've been uh, pretty out there and open with yours. I, I would imagine that your faith came into play uh, through some of that stuff, too. Is that a fair assumption? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I've been fortunate. My mom um, works at our church. She still does. And I grew up either my dad is a coach, and so I'd either go to church or I'd go to the gym. And that quickly became my foundation. Um, and then as I've gotten older and gone through uh, the ups and downs that come with the game, I've, I've been able to rely on um, the constant that is Christ and uh, relying on prayer and really looking to that as the steadfast um, constant in my life. Because, I mean, as we both know and as everyone experiences, there's always going to be 
um, changes and uncertainty and different things that come up in life that you really can't anticipate. But um, I'm so grateful to have amazing people around me and that that faith foundation um, that I can continue to, to build and strengthen and really pour into and to find comfort and peace in something that is um, intangible but is so real. Sure. No, that's good. That's good. Well, on on the uplifting note, I'll I'll move on to happier topics now. Okay. Um, can you tell me about the time you were on a mountaintop and almost got struck by lightning? Oh my gosh! You did your research. Where did you hey, see hey, this? Yeah, a, a media person never reveals their sources. Okay, fair. <laughs> All right. So story time. Near death experience. It was. Okay, wow. So, I was visiting my friend Megan, um, who lives in Flagstaff, Arizona, and my friend Gabby and I, we were going up to visit, and um, we decided to go to Sedona. They have a lot of really cool hikes there, um, the Red Rocks and all that, and so I'm like, oh, cool, like, we'll go and hike a mountain, it's a pretty nice day, um, and so we were going for a hike, everything was cool. We get to the top, and it's like a plateau top, so it's not just like a mountain peak where you get up there and mm-hmm. you take a picture, you go back down, whatever. So we start exploring the top of the mountain, and we want to go to this really cool spot that's far away from where we got to the top of the mountain, of course, and take a picture and have like a photo shoot and everything. And so we forget that the part of the year that we went on this hike, it's monsoon season in Arizona. And so... It's going to be sunny and beautiful, and then all of a sudden these clouds will roll in, and it's like a full-on storm, thunderstorm. And so we're at the top, we're taking pictures, and all of a sudden, like, my friend Megan is saying, Sid, your hair is standing up straight. Like, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I don't know how we didn't see the clouds, but then all of a sudden these gray, dark gray clouds over, like, basically over us. The wind picks up all of a sudden. There's lightning all of a sudden. It starts to rain. And so we have to find our way back to where, like, how we got to the top of the mountain while the storm is approaching. And we, like, we are, we're not well at this point. And so um, we're trying our best. My friend gets basically harpooned by this cactus. That we were just trying to crawl over things, but stay low. There was literally lightning, and then this was definitely a god thing. The the clouds went around the mountain, and then like went back on course. Wow! So like it was headed straight for the mountain, went around where That's we crazy. were, and then continued. Wow! And then right when the storm passed, we found where to get down. So we were trapped up there the entire time. <laughs> No one said a word while we were up there. No one said a word when we hiked back down. No, we finally talked about it and had some popsicles and ice cream and celebrated with it. And it was like, it was, it was crazy. And I told my mom, I think a couple weeks later, yeah. I didn't want her to oh, no. yeah, completely that's, freak out. Yeah, you that's, know? that's definitely a, a story you say for later. Um, yeah, it was, it was something. It was, it was something pretty irresponsible i mean it sounds like you guys weren't yeah, that's yeah. Another thing. i'm okay. not the most responsible person i can mm. tell you another story that happened two days ago i was trying to take an old avocado core out that my finger 
What? Yeah, yeah, I'm not a great adult. <laughs> it's not that difficult. Just use a spoon and just scoop it out. I made it difficult. Okay. So, well. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the, challenges, the challenges of adulthood, boys and girls. Avocado course. Yes. Oh, be careful. Be careful. Okay. My mom sent me an, like an avocado slicer, core, mm. whatever, to yeah. core out. And thanks, mom. Moms are clutch. Um, another story I, I like to ask you about. Um, I don't know the ending to this one either, so I'm going to need you to fill in the gap. You were cleaning your room and you found something interesting. Is that? Does this ring a bell? Maybe at or maybe in college in your dorm. This was information fed to me by one of your college coaches. So, no, nothing. No. Excellent. No. Dead fish. Good question. Good job. That's a dead fish question by me. Thank you. Um, man. No, this is good. This is good. Well, no, this is not good because I felt like I had a juicy story no, here, and it seems like I got a dead end story, and now I've got beef. <sighs> That's tough. We'll let it go. No, it's probably, it could become a really good story. I have to remind myself what's happening. Okay, we can just add it back in later if you think about it. Um, okay. Okay, That's fair enough. Uh, uh, the lightning story. We're, we're one for two. I, I think, you know, you shoot 50%, <laughs> you're, you're in business, right? So. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a good percentage. Yeah, we'll say I've never shot 50%. So, uh, well, from the free throw line, I did once. But anyway, um, back to the league. What has been the biggest surprise for you? Um, something that you didn't anticipate or, you know, you just got in, started playing and went, whoa, this is, you know, whatever. Um, I think for me, it wasn't necessarily a basketball thing. It was more so off court where I wasn't anticipating how much free time we would have because literally – you go from college where your whole life is basically planned out mm-hmm. and it has to be because you have so much you have to do from school to study hall to workouts to practice to traveling to um, the occasional social hour with your friends. Um, you really, everything is like mapped out and you're exhausted by the end of the day, end of the day because you're trying to figure out like everything you got to get done. Here it's literally wake up, go to practice go home right and you're like oh okay <laughs> cool like what am I gonna do with my life what do I actually love to do and have time for yeah and so um and it's the same for game days I mean you have shoot around and then sort of uh, in college on game days you you were so excited to take that pregame nap because you needed it and it was your time to do that here, it's like, oh, like, I really don't need a nap because I'm not that tired. <laughs> right. um, what have I been doing, you know, except for practice for a couple hours yesterday and we had to shoot around this morning and now, like, I'm ready to play the game right now, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's been good because uh, it's really helped me figure out, like, what, what I want to do to productively fill free time. I never thought that I would be sick of taking naps. But I reached that point last year, my rookie season. I was like, I need to do something other than, you know, sleep my life away here. And so uh, I've always loved to read, so I've read a lot of books. Um, 
and being in LA, I'm very fortunate. Um, we live pretty close to the beach, and so I'll go to the beach as often as I can. Um, and then I have a couple old college teammates that live in LA or the LA area. I have some family out here, and so it's given me a lot of time to to visit um, with friends, family, have people come out and visit me. So that was definitely a big part of the transition that I wasn't anticipating was how to fill that free time and um, you know how to fill it productively, but also to enjoy it and try not to like you know, treat it like college where you feel like you have to be occupied all the time. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, that's... I don't know what I thought you were going to say, but it wasn't that. But that's a, that's a really excellent point because, yeah, the college the college game is so regimented and, like, if people don't know, you, you go to class and then you have practice and then you have treatment and then you eat and then you study and then you go to sleep and then you do it again. So, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, and I think, to... I mean, it definitely, it goes hand-in-hand hand with um, basketball as a professional lifestyle because more so this year um, dealing with different bumps and bruises myself um, I've had to really as a professional you get what you put into it in college you're told what to do and then for those of us who really love the game like you put in more time as much as you can you know according to your schedule this is more you figure out what you need to have success and to be prepared to contribute to your team, mm-hmm. um, and you do that, and you figure out your rhythm and your routine, and um, you know you you don't get pregame meal anymore. You have to figure out when you're going to eat it, what you're going to eat, um, what you're going to eat after the game, um, different things like that. Do you take a nap? Do you stay active? Like so, different things that uh, it's a real adult business. You got you got to figure out what you need as an individual to be prepared to help your team. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. When you get onto a team like the Sparks and you're amongst the elite, um, I, obviously you expect, you know, you expect to win, you expect to be competing for championships, which obviously uh, is the case. But was there anyone on the team specifically uh, that when you got there you had like a, holy crap, <laughs> like, you know, Candace Parker or whoever, just fill in the blank of just, man, this is, this is kind of cool. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> um, literally, <laughs> I feel like, um, I don't know, I, I, maybe I'm the only rookie in history that felt like this, but I felt like every single game, it was, oh my gosh, we're playing so-and-so, oh my gosh, this is happening, <laughs> this is real, and it felt like that for most of the season. So definitely for my for my team, when I first um, met Candace, it was a fangirl moment where, like, she was returning from overseas ball, and she gave everybody a hug, like, hey, like, great to see everyone again. And so when she hugged me, I was like, oh, my God, like, this is just what it is. This is what it is now. And so um, that was definitely a moment. When we first played down at Tarazi, that was a moment because that's been, like, I grew up watching her, and she's been a role model for me. Um, emulating how she plays basketball um, and then same with like Lindsay Whalen for the Lynx like those are my two role models as basketball players and so um, fangirl moments are done for now I'm at least like you know on the surface I gotta keep it cool but there's still definitely moments where I take a step back and think like I'm really I'm really fortunate to be with these people because Getting to know them as people has been incredible because they're just, I mean, they're just people. And right. it took me a while to really realize that um, just because 
you think about the WNBA and you think it's just, wow, like, that's what I want to be. That's my dream. I, I would love to play with this person. I'd love to play against this person. And so when it becomes real, you you adjust accordingly because, I mean, it's your reality now. So you treat them like your teammates. And that's how they want to be treated, too. They don't want to be looked at as like, oh, my gosh, that's Candace Parker. I do that to her now because it's a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just say, come on. And I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's cool, Candace. <laughs> My friend, Candace, my teammate. My friend. I call her Auntie C. What is it? Auntie C. Auntie C. That's funny. Auntie C. Auntie C. Hey, Auntie C. And then I call Elena Beard Mom. She hates it. But I call her Mom. <laughs> Beard's, been, Beard's been around for a minute. And... She's still yeah, only a couple years. She still looks uh, the physical, like physically, like a an eighteen year old in their prime. Yeah, it's incredible, and she's playing like she's a, she is yes. in her prime. Yes, yes, it's true. That's true. She's yeah, she's she's someone I marvel at uh, a lot. That I'm just like, man, like she's still getting it and like getting it. Yeah, she's like the ultimate professional because. She's a real adult, man. Like, she hasn't figured out. Not cutting yourself with avocados and stuff. And then off the court, it's like, wow, you really really got your life together. This is great. Yeah, so she's not cutting herself opening avocados and stuff like that. No, no, she's not. Um, But she laughed when I told her. (laughs) I'm sure she did. I think most people are going to laugh when they hear that story. Everybody has laughed, and then I'll show them the, the wound, my deep flesh wound, and they, they don't laugh anymore. Uh, that's so. true. It gets, gets serious pretty quick. Is there uh, anyone on your team that, because obviously with, with Candace um, and NECA, everyone else is kind of overshadowed at times. Is there anyone in particular, though, that... Um, if there's, I don't know, a misperception about them. Is there, is there anything that you could tell me about one of your teammates that would maybe surprise the general public? And I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot with that question, so I will filibuster for a minute here and give you a second to think, but just any sort of tidbit that people would be like, oh, that's, I didn't know that. Well, I mean, I can think of things, people might know this, but I don't know if they really know how, like, in depth it is like essence on our team she's working on music like she wants to release songs albums and she's in the works of do like actually doing that and i told her i said hey like when you go on tour i i want to be a backup dancer so just remember that <laughs> uh, but the thing is like the, i think it could happen like i really think she's gonna go on tour and like she she has songs written um, she's super creative when it comes to music, um, and so, like, she is basically, she'll be set once her playing days are done. She's gonna, she knows exactly what she wants to do, and I think it's incredible, because, I mean, she's already amazing at basketball, but to be amazing at that, plus music, like, come on, it's not even fair, man. But she's amazing. That's pretty cool. I didn't, so that, I, I, I didn't mean, know that. This is incredible. That, that's really cool. What, what kind of music? I, I, I was not aware of this. I must have missed the boat. She raps. Awesome. She raps, sings, um, puts together beats, song. Like she just gets it. Like she can. She's very talented. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah. Are Are you guys the best team in the league? 
Are we the best team in the league? Yeah. When we want to be, we can be. Oh, man. I was trying to get you to say something super controversial mm, there. You did tried. not take the bait. Dang, Sid. Man. Gotta be than that. Ah, you're good. See, if I would have asked you last year as a rookie, I would have gotten you. But when no, you... you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. <laughs> but we'll never know. Man, that's tough. All right, I'll, I'll ask you off air, and I'll, I'll still know. Uh, and I'll just keep it to myself. Uh, I'll uh, I'll let you get out here on this one. But uh, with you in year two, and you said you you're still growing, you're still learning a lot. What for you? What it, where, what does it look like in two seasons, three seasons for you to feel like, hey, yeah, I'm, I, I feel accomplished. I feel like I'm doing what I should do. Like, is there is there a goal in mind, or are you just kind of going at it day by day? Like, I'd just be interested to know, like, what are you, what are your plans for yourself? What are you thinking about as you, you know, look at your career down the road? Yeah, it's really tough to plan out, um, you know what what I would want to be I think you know and it's going to sound cliche but my biggest goal is to become the best that I can be whatever that looks like and so what's really cool about basketball um, is you're never going to be perfect and there's always something to get better at and so um, you know I being around I feel like my teammates and there's a lot of women throughout the league uh, but my teammates since I'm around them um, every day they are the standard for me. You know, seeing Candace Parker, how she operates, seeing Elena Beard, how she operates, NECA, Chelsea, Odyssey, um, all these all these women. Seeing how they do their job, it's such a great example for me to see where I can get to. And so uh, my journey is going to be unique, um, as everybody's is. And so I just want to make sure I stay the course and stay faithful to the work that it takes to become the best that I can be. Um, hopefully, you know, win a couple of championships. Um, that's always the goal as an athlete, and I think it's, I'm very fortunate to be part of an organization um, that has a, has a good shot at doing that um, this year and hopefully every year going forward. Um, but winning championships is still the ultimate goal, I think, um, as an individual, as a team, collectively. And so, um, you know, along the way, whatever I have to get better at um, to contribute um, to, to become the best that I can be, then I'm I'm willing to do that, and so I still I still love basketball, and there's always levels to it. But um, to be around such incredible athletes, women, and to have that as my standard, um, I'll be able to use that for the rest of my career. So whatever that looks like, hopefully a couple of years from now we can come again and say, you know, we're almost there. We, yeah. We've made some headway in, yeah. in becoming better, and that and that to me is success. Oh, well, that's cool. Well, I, I look forward to following back up. We'll come back to this, and, and it will be a fun moment to reflect on. But uh, certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and um, as your team is preparing to play tomorrow against Vegas and then you know down the stretch it goes. But um, thank you so much for hopping on and, and sharing some thoughts with us, Sid. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. And go Sparks! Unbelievable. Look at that. What a teammate.